If you're ready for reaction, always with some traction, would you take the last train? To Clarksville on a jet, listen on cassette, would you be that insane? Alright, hi out there everyone in comics land, it's the Nicholas Comics Q&A, your weekly dose of Nicholas Comics related news, information, and questions. That was Pitbull with Back in Time, which ironically is the best part of Men in Black 3, which is just a terrible trilogy ender on the face of it. I remember when it came out, I deliberately avoided seeing it in theaters like The Plague because Josh Brolin looks nothing like Tommy Lee Jones, and there's no point in making a Men in Black movie where half of it is spent with Josh Brolin. He was good in No Country for Old Men, but ever since then I've been tired of him. Alright, we have Mathla line on. Finally, at long last. Uh, I've been suggesting on the Nicholas Comics Q&A for some time. And uh, what are your questions? You have some questions regarding Nicholas Comics. If you don't have any questions, what do you have to say? Nothing really to say? Alright, sure. Well, glad you popped in, anywho. Just here for the drama. I see. Uh, there won't be too much drama because usually the Nicholas Comics Q&A is a pretty conflict-free, uh, you know, average discussion every week. Uh, I just, like, read forum posts or something. Or if someone's on here, I, I answer their questions or sometimes we have a, an interesting conversation. Now, there would be some drama maybe if Kip popped on. You can... Uh, ask Kip if he'd be willing to pop on. But if he's not, then there's not going to be any drama, rest assured. Because my primary focus here on the internet has never been to create drama. Um, my primary focus is just to sell comics through the mail and to explain the intricacies of my profession here on the internet. About, whoa, uh, no, he's not, he's not coming back on the server. I, I know he'd love that, but he's not going to. Um, he blew it last time. Maybe, though. Kippy's, Kippy can pop on if he wants. Um, he's always welcome here. He knows that. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, quite frankly, I'm confused by the, by the unpsych approach. I mean, what exactly is it about... I, I don't know. I mean, you, you're not really able to compete with The Onion. I'd say, like, The Onion is kind of the bottom rung of... Uh, satirical publications. I, the Realist is definitely better. Um, you ever read The Realist? The Realist is great. Um, and Psych doesn't really stack up much, but... No, it's... Yeah, I get that it's a parody of, of Wikipedia. Um, I'm not sure Wikipedia is the funniest thing to parody. That's... I've kind of realized, is it like... Uh, Wikipedia can be satirized pretty effectively because it is a, a kind of stupid website. Um, but I, I don't know if... Uh, I mean, it, it, it... I'm not saying you have to have, like, fake news, art, fake news articles like The Onion does. Um, but it, you, should ha you should be effective at satire. 
And I feel that kind of your your restrictive mindset prohibits you from that. Ah, please, no racial slurs in the chat. Thanks. Use use that use the N word again. I'll have to I'll have to ban you there because we don't. You know, some some gay soccer players. Okay, that's fine. Um, the deal with uh, not sure exactly what what uh, I mean. Uh, what exactly is it about the the unpsych mindset that's just like obsessed with uh, you know obsessed with me in particular? I mean, you're not Encyclopedia Dramatica. I remember I uh, I popped on the Encyclopedia Dramatica server once, and uh, they just basically banned me because um, one of their mods is named after like one of the Ben and Jerry's guys, and I was like, oh, who's that? Uh, one of the Ben Jerry, either Ben or Jerry, obviously. And I was like, "Who's that?" And they were like, "Fuck you, banning you." So, um, I mean, I, Encyclopedia Dramatica doesn't give a shit about me. Why does Unpsych? Like, why is Unpsych convinced that I'm the next Chris Chan or that I'm some like mentally ill lunatic or something? What exactly is up with that? I guarantee that's not a that's not how things actually are. So you're the only one engaging in delusional behavior. I've been hearing a lot about the World Cup as of late. I don't get it. And again, I'm not all for football either. Baseball is what I prefer. It's what I'll always prefer. It's the American sport. Invented that shit. You couldn't tell me why Unpsych takes such an interest in me either. Yeah, yeah. It it, it is obsessive. It is an obsessive... Um, it is an obsessive drive. I'm not big on sports, but the only two sports games I've ever been to have been uh, baseball games at Coors Field. Because you can understand baseball, and football is a confusing mess. Uh, I think soccer's overrated. Like if an if if the entire world plays in a, a single sport, I think that's kind of disturbing, you know. I think every country should kind of have their own sport, you know, like pachinko in in Japan or whatever, mahjong in China, you know. Um, I I don't get the World Cup at all, and I find it patently annoying when everyone's like, "Oh, it's it's this world unifying shit." Clearly, it's not, you know, world unifying because uh, Americans call it soccer and the rest of the world calls it football. So it's not like the World Cup is uh, capable of unifying the world in sport because there's an irreconcilable difference between the way America approaches it and the way the rest of the world approaches it. So I think that's kind of a, a, a foolish mindset. of a fool's errand. You know what I think is much more effective in uh, unifying the world? United Nations. Much more effective organization. It recognizes the, the differences between countries. It doesn't try and force them to all just sit in a stadium. Um, I know that. I've been over this, but America is one of only three countries that still uses the imperial system, and I think that's fucking awesome. I'm an imperial system stand for life, inches and feet all the fucking way. The metric system can suck it. That's what I say. Or the years have gone by, the more I just realize that I never use the fucking metric system. It's like the least useful system. Just like measuring basic shit. I have a ruler here, you know. 
I have, I have a red ruler, and I never use the centimeter. It doesn't even have a centimeter side, now that I think about it. It only has inches. And what's more, this ruler, which used to be an entire yard, is snapped in half. I just use it like a... It used to be a, a yardstick, but it's I use it like a ruler now, because it's snapped in half. I use it generally for like a, as a straight edge and measurement system. And I fucking love the Imperial system. It's so fucking convenient. Because every piece of paper that I use for my comics, I know, is 11 by 8.5 inches. That's so convenient. I have no fucking idea how they do it in any country that uses the, the fucking metric system. It's like, what? what what's 11 inches in uh, centimeters? It, it's ridiculous. I, I hate the metric system with every fiber of my being. Um... Back in the 70s, there was this delusional movement. It's one of the few things about the Carter administration I'm not big on, where um, 11 inches would be 27.94 centimeters. Yeah, I'd say that's a little uh, more difficult to remember than 8.5 or 11. What's 8.5 inches? 21.59 centimeters. Yeah. So much easier with just these nice, human-sized uh, units that are built for people instead of robots. Back in the 70s, there was this whole metric craze, and America thought, oh, we're going to switch over to the metric system. Never fucking happened, because nobody wants that shit. Especially not here in America. Because, you know, individuals and we do things our own fucking way. And uh, we rightly recognize that the imperial system is an important piece of humanism. It's an important piece of humanist history. Um, there's like peanut strips from back then. But like, um, I remember one with Peppermint Patty, where she's like, you know, sitting there uh, at school, and they're like badgering all this metric shit into her head, and she has no fucking idea what to do with it. That was really funny from that time, because, you know, it was relevant, because they were educating all these kids with all this decimeter and hecameter and shit. And uh, eventually, uh, th that went away, obviously. Like, when I was in school, they never really demanded that we learn about centimeters or whatever. Except in science class, obviously, but not, like, generally. Not, not in math class. Um, where are the other two countries that still use the imperial system? I think it's great that there's three. I thought America was the only one. And more in Liberia. Yeah, that makes sense, because Liberia is, like, you know, founded by uh, escaped American slaves. It's cool. It's cool. I like that. Uh, props to Myanmar. I had no idea. That's kind of random, but I like it. Um, yeah, the imperial system is uh, just cool as shit. And, uh... I, I tell you, the day that, uh, day that no country uses the imperial system anymore, um, that's the day the world is going to become just overrun by fucking science nerds. That's the last thing anyone should want. Um, I can't fucking stand the imperial system. I think it's so cool that, uh, America uses it. It really shows the world, like, we don't give a fuck, you know, we're like, We'll do whatever the fuck we want, you know. We'll, we'll call it soccer. I don't care if you call it football. Fuck you. It's the American attitude. That's that's how we got to... I don't really feel left out because, like, we landed on the fucking moon first, you know, using exclusively imperial measurement. Like, I doubt, you know, scientists back in the 60s using metric. Maybe some of them were in NASA, but... 
Uh, most part, we measure shit in miles. We don't measure shit in, like, kilometers, you know. So-and-so miles to the moon. Um, I, I don't feel left out. A lot of Germans worked for NASA, but most of them were, like, uh, not all of them, but uh, some of them were ex-Nazis, like Werner von Braun, and uh, is a piece of shit. So I think by using uh, the imperial system, yeah, I think by using the imperial system, uh, America is, like, showing the Germans what for and being like, fuck you going to use uh, our system of measurement, whether you like it or not, and it'll work great. And uh, it did. We landed on the moon. Uh, also, like, if the Germans used metric within NASA, um, that wouldn't have worked, because you have to convert it back and forth. There's actually a really good case where this space station that we cooperated with, like, the European Space Agency on... Uh, the USSR did beat the USA to almost every other space milestone. That's true, and they never get recognition for that. But I'd say if we can land on the moon with miles and inches and shit, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, miles and inches and shit. It's a perfectly serviceable system of measurement. And the only reason the USSR beat the USA, it wasn't because of the system of measurement they used, it was just because uh, communism is more effective in... Uh, rallying people behind a given mission, and it, it gives people more determination to do things for their country. Ironically, the reason that America was so awful, and um, the reason that America is so bad at getting people to, like, sign up for the army or now, like, do shit for uh, America is because we rely on a system of individualism, which is, you know, directly against a spirit of collectivism. Um, so communists are much better at getting themselves to, you know, sign up for the army, do shit for their government, participate in government, um, because they're communists. So, yeah, no shit. As far as uh, getting to the moon, I'd say that's a pretty good indication of that uh, Miles' work. It's a well-documented case where a space station or something was collaborated on by European and American uh, scientists. And one team was using metric and one was using imperial, so they confused centimeters and inches. Um, and uh, they fucked up big time, and that thing didn't work. And uh, a lot of people blame the Americans, but like you could also equally blame the Europeans, because... Like, they should have checked that shit. And, uh... Now, just, like, agreed, I'm gonna use metric or I'm gonna use imperial. Um, preferably imperial, because it's made out of simple units that are easy to understand, instead of, like, heka and deca and desa and... Fika and all that shit. Um, guard, foot, inch, mile, much easier to remember. Um... I, I can't say I feel left out as an American when America does something differently. I feel like I'm on the cutting edge, you know, because, like, America's the number one country by economic GDP. It's not to say America has the best standard of living or whatever. I've said in the past that it absolutely doesn't. But I do feel like America is kind of the proving ground for uh, new and innovative ideologies. And, uh... If America does something different, like if America calls it soccer or whatever, I, I'll just be like, okay, makes perfect sense to me. I'm American, you know. So America got where it is because we, we implemented democracy back when every other country on Earth was a monarchy. So, you know, 
every other country was kings and queens and shit. We're like, I have a president. And, uh, if that didn't work out well uh, for everyone. I, uh, I, I, I really did. Hello, 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 everybody. Dingo is here. How's it going, Dingo? You got any questions? Oh, uh, yeah, I do have a question. How's your day been, Matt? How was your Christmas? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Ah, that's great. That's great. That's great. Fantastic, sir. I got I got a lot of candy for the <coughs> most part. I didn't uh, get any presents, which uh, can uh, help me professionally. No, wait, I did actually. I got a book of stamps. It's always uh, useful. Some postage. Ah, yes. That sounds just brilliant. Um, what are we discussing? What's the, where's the conversation at? We're talking about the difference between the imperial system and the metric system. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah. But I don't have much to say on it because my opinion is, is pretty simple. Um, this is one of the things that got controversial. Back in the day, I compared people who... Uh, demand the use of the metric system to fascists because I see disturbing parallels between uh, a political ideology that demands the entire world adopt it and a system of measurement that demands the entire world adopt it and uh, doesn't encourage diversity uh, of systems yes, yes. of measurement. So I compared the metric system essentially uh, to fascism and this was misinterpreted and used by trolls to paint me as some kind of uh, Nazi or something. It was really stupid, but I think my point stands that uh, the metric system and the widespread, wide-scale adoption of the metric system and the complete obliteration of every other system of measurement does contain some fascistic elements to it. And I'm I'd not argue a big that fan that's, of that. I'd, I'd argue, so would you consider yourself a racist? No, I would consider myself uh, <coughs> a, a not racist. I guess those are really the only two states. I mean, either you're racist or not. I think I'd argue. I don't. I think it's more of a spectrum, to be honest. Like, I think most people are. I think everybody <coughs> like, has some level of subconscious bias or racism in them. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point, the subconscious thing. But then again, I think in terms of well-defined external actions you can either say this is racist or this is not racist like for instance my comic veterans day by default uh, is not racist it's not a racist comic it's okay, an yeah, anti-racist yeah. okay. comic the same would go for something like um Alf Bakshi's movie coonskin a lot of people see that as racist it's not. It's a satirization of racism. Whereas something like Walt Disney's Song of the South is racist. I think it's important to have like well-defined, you know, like uh, uh -huh. well-defined understanding of what does and does not constitute racism, and that helps people generally to understand what is and is not. Uh huh. Right. I mean, there's entire hmm. forums dedicated to it. I don't really think uh, there's any in-between uh, or, like, you know, either something <laughs> spouses the belief that certain races are superior to other races, or it doesn't. I mean, that's that's a pretty <coughs> basic bar to clear. I feel like. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas. Okay. You're quite the intellectual. 
I suppose you could say that. I've read a lot. In fact, wait, wait. What, what do you have a degree in again? <coughs> I don't have a degree, but I am a high school graduate. Oh, are you pursuing a degree? No, I don't think having a degree is a prerequisite to being considered an intellectual. Uh, a lot of I do think it would say. It, it, I think a lot of prominent look... intellectuals reject college as an institution. A lot throughout history have. Well, um, if you look at the percentage of uh of people without uh college degrees who get jobs, the percentage of people with college degrees who did well, getting a job doesn't mean that... you're an intellectual. But getting a job is like a good thing. It is. You That's why I'm employed at the moment as a mail-order <laughs> cartoonist and, and local musician, but... Oh, yeah. So what's your salary like? Uh, my salary is around $100 a month. I make, uh... Yeah. I plan on, on having a, a live show at least, uh... Like, at least three live shows in 2023 around... around <laughs> so this and is my problem. It depends entirely on how many people uh, pay at the door. Again, the amount of money someone makes is not at all a measure of how much someone oh, is intellectual. But but it but it does. Do you think all intellectuals true, are like to... rich? Most um, aren't. No. Most intellectuals are dirt fucking poor. I can guarantee that. Uh, but most intellectuals we know nowadays uh, who are still. Alive, oh, I mean, most yeah, aren't. I mean, most great intellectuals, rich. like people who write, you know, fucking obscure esoteric journals and shit. Um, most are. Most I said who are still alive. Most live a lifestyle of direct experience, which is the opposite of the office life, right? Like a lot of the beat generation, oh. right? Beat generation. I guess my advice to you would be this: 50s, I would right? say that if I was you, I would try and go back to college, get a degree, get a degree. Well, I, I, I wouldn't college. be going back to college. I never maybe... went to college. I see oh, college well, as a. I, I don't think college will help me get a better job than I have right now. <laughs> Because mail order think... comics, mail order comics, is a very—you don't need a degree for it. You just advertise shit online and in the mail, and people buy from you uh, in your mailbox. I don't really see where a college degree comes into that. It's not a um, qualification you need so the to enter the mail order comic be... sphere. You still live. You still live with your parents, right? My parent, singular. Uh, all right. Yeah. So your your plan eventually, right, would be to move out, right, and get your own place. No, my plan is to live here until I die, and sell comics until I die, ideally. That's that's sort of a sad life, no? No, it's a it's an immensely fulfilling life. Uh, there's nothing more fulfilling to me than drawing my comics and selling them through the mail. That's what brings <coughs> me the most satisfaction and gratification in life is whenever Don't I go outside and there's an order for one of Getting your life in order. Don't you think getting your life in order? Well, how so? Say? I mean, I'm under a roof. I'm well fed, uh, and I have the ability. Uh, you don't to fill have my an comics. education. Uh, you you are self-employed, aka you don't really have an actual job. I do um, self-employment. <coughs> yeah, the problem is, is that uh, that's like you, your salary is like below minimum wage. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm poor, but that's all right because a lot of intellectuals are. Think back to, like, the Beat Generation, like, uh, Jack Kerouac. Well, not Jack Kerouac, obviously, because he made a lot of money off his books. But, like, you know, the, the Beatniks nobody thinks about. Those guys didn't have jack shit. Just lived off direct experience. See, that's the life I live, is, is one of direct experience. Instead of, say, going to a college class and listening to some guy talk to me for an hour straight and tell me uh, stuff, I, I experience yeah, like learning something directly. 
experience the world directly. I go out onto the streets. Here's the thing about I go this. places and I do things directly. I engage with the world on its own who, terms. This, this, that's, this is the problem with that. This is going to be my counter to that. That, uh, that way of living. Do you want to know who, who also lived that lifestyle? Oh. Hitler. Yeah? So the reason why Hitler's beliefs were so separate and so <laughs> incongruent from reality is because he operated purely off of personal bias, right? And if you operate purely based off of your personal experiences and not off of um, empirical evidence or data, um, often what will happen is you'll be driven by emotion oftentimes more than logic. Right, and, and that's that what I hope because as of right now, see... I have I have I have I have autism and that confuses my mode of thinking with too much logic. I think too rationally for my own yeah. good. Through art I can rediscover passion and 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 vigor and emotion in ways that data simply can't provide. Also I think the world is straying too far into a, into a data-oriented mindset. And I think uh, artistic drive is something that increasingly rare these days so i prefer to say fuck science i'm not a scientist i'm a fucking artist and i'm gonna infuse every fucking page with as much emotion and passion as possible you believe the the earth is flat no why not because the earth is round that's an objective fact and how do you know that uh because that's all about because you can you can see everything about the world you and the way the world is you, yeah you, you can't, can't you see can't that see the earth it. is round the fact from, that the sun is round but the reason the why we know is, is because of science so if you say fuck science you're it's throwing like everything out the science door. in my everyday life that <laughs> why believe I that why science. believe i believe science. why believe that i believe why, science. Why, i just don't think why um, is interesting. why why cut down your car please let me speak why cut down on your carbon footprint and like help out with climate change if fuck science, I don't care what science, I operate purely off selfishly. No, off I do operate on science. I believe in science. I just okay, think so it's you fucking do... boring. I think it's fucking boring. <clears> but a couple of seconds ago, you go, you, you go off direct experience and fuck science, uh, you don't care about it. But now it seems that there are certain. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a and, scientist. And it almost seems like day to day we should be caring about science because it's everywhere in our lives. Yeah, it is everywhere, so. but that means you can ignore it because it's just how reality is. And I think that's boring. Like, yeah, no you, can't shit, ignore, you can't ignore science. Uh, you can ignore gravity. Day to day, you don't think, oh, I'm being held down by gravity. You're just like, okay, I'm You standing. can't ignore gravity, because if you ignore gravity and you toss yourself off a building, what's going to happen? You're going to hit the ground. So no, you can't just I'm just saying day reality. to day, it doesn't cross your mind. You don't <laughs> think, oh, this is how the quarks and gluons and protons in my body are interacting with one another. You don't think that, because that's just what's going on. You're you're describing you're you're describing like um so for instance uh, if your point is that people don't think about atoms every day you'd be correct the normal but if I were to but 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 the problem is is that you didn't give a specific statement like that you just said science do people think about climate change every day uh, they should be thinking about it every day because if they don't uh, we're all fucked. Right. So yeah. should people be thinking about the fact that the earth is literally fucking dying every day? Should we be thinking about that and trying to stop it? Yes, we absolutely 100 the billion percent yeah, I live I live in Denver. Okay, let me give you a good example. I live in Denver. 
um, which is an inland city. So no matter how much the oceans rise, um, it'll never reach Denver. Denver will never be flooded. <coughs> Denver is geologically stable and atmospherically stable. There is zero chance of an earthquake, tornado, flooding. Volcano. No, it, it can't flood here. Flooding isn't the only consequence from climate right, change. I, I, I know. I, I'm getting to that. We had we had a class in like eleventh grade or tenth grade. I forget which exactly. But there were these climate change experts coming in to <coughs> tell us about how it would affect Denver, right? Because to get people interested in climate change, you have to pose it as like a mortal threat, like like an actual mortal threat. And all they were able to come up with was that prehistoric sloths would come back and be roaming around Colfax Avenue. And that's not what would happen if climate change happened. But they were like, oh, it'll get warmer, so there will be prehistoric sloths. But there's not. Now, there's not going to be like 10-foot sloths roaming around. So and I would say just, this. That's just terrible science from people who uh, were tasked with being like objective relayers of truth, but they were just feeding us bullshit. I mean, that's not going so to happen. So if you look at the, right. if I, if we just speak specifically about Denver for a moment, if you do look at the data, you do see that temperatures are rising, not only broadly yeah, I across know. the earth, but in, in Denver too. I know, temperatures right? are rising. And this when, when, when temperatures rise, all sorts of infrastructure start to go wrong, especially if your climate isn't used to <clears throat> weather like that. So I need to blow my nose for a second. You go on. You would be surprised by how resilient Denver infrastructure is. It survives the hottest summers and the coldest fucking winters. My point is that advertising for climate change needs to feature, like, a an accurate scientific picture of what's going to happen. I know full well that in, in a couple of years, New York, L.A., Houston, all that shit's going to be flooded to shit, but I don't give a shit because I don't live there. If there was a piece of climate change shit that said, like, this is what's going to happen to Denver, I think it'd be much more effective here in Denver. I know it's going to be absolutely hellish here when climate change comes, but a lot of people just don't really notice it because we don't live near the fucking ocean. And that's a problem not just with climate change. With, with America in general, we tend to ignore inland cities and focus exclusively on the coasts, um, just geographically speaking. Mm. So this would be uh, what I would say. Okay. Um, when we think about, <clears throat> for example, you said earlier that people don't think about science every day. I, th I think normal people but, uh, don't. So this is the issue. We're not talking about the state of how things are. But when I'm talking to you, I'm talking about the state of how things should be. Okay. Should people be thinking about climate change every day? Yes, yes. but climate change isn't the entirety <laughs> of science. Like, there are people who right, spend but, their but, but entire lives it's dedicated to, like, a particle collider. I think that's not consequential to human life. Like, we don't need to know all this quark and gluon shit. It doesn't mean anything to us on a macroscopic scale. I don't see how that has any practical application in the real world. <coughs> Climate change does. There's a lot of practical things that science can be used for. But you don't learn that shit in school. Like, when I was in high school, you never learned, like, how science can actually be utilized to do cool shit. We never launched rockets. We never freaking, you know, like, 
a detonated TNT. It was all just <laughs> like, here's a computer simulation. It's the most, it, it just makes science seem boring. I'm sure science is cool if you have the budget to do like a giant elephant toothpaste and shit, but you sure as heck won't learn that in public school and probably not in college. No, I never had mm -hmm. a bottle rocket. I'll say I did. Fireworks are pretty much illegal here in uh, Denver. Any time except 4th of July or like New Year's Eve. But uh, I, I'm, I'm sure a school could put it off if it was, you know, safety tested and all that. We never My did point that. would just be this. There are... <clears throat> There's descriptive reality and there's prescriptive reality. There is the way things are right now, and there is the way things should be. Yeah, that's what I argue. I think <coughs> everybody, absolutely... everybody has an absolute obligation to push things closer to the way things should be. Yeah. And in a perfect world, everyone has a college degree. So my advice would be... I think that'd be a nightmare world. My, my, my advice would is, be... I think college is dumb. That's what my advice would be. <clears throat> my advice would be go get them, Tiger. Listen, so someone's calling me right now on my phone. I'm not going to pick up. But you enjoy yourself, Nicholas. You have a great day, okay? Have a great boxing day, right? Boxing day. Is that some... That's a, cheers. That's cheers. Thing, cheers. Bye-bye. Those, those are some bizarre points. That, uh, climate change is the only field of science, like... There's other fields of science, and uh, not all of them have equal application, but uh, absolutely, I think climate change is one area of science, but when I say science is boring, I don't mean that. I mean, like, you know, like particle physics. That shit is so fucking boring. There's absolutely nothing to that. Or like quantum physics. Point this out, quantum physics, since it's incompatible with relativity, doesn't even make any fucking sense. Like, people should just go by relativity because it makes sense. I feel like trying to prove Einstein wrong is such a stupid, fruitless task. The guy was a fucking genius. Be like, actually, relativity is wrong. Everything we know about relativity is wrong. It's such a stupid, idiotic mindset. Like, just, just, he was a smart guy. He knew what he was fucking talking about. And everything we see about the universe says, oh, you know, light bends around objects and shit. Very basic, fundamental principles of the universe. For whatever reason, though, we're like, oh, uh, quantum physics, I'm so sick of this quantum crap. Yeah, after going through 12 years of public education and science classes that aren't worth shit, you never do anything interesting. Um, the only impression anyone really walk away with is that science is a boring field and it's for nerds and uh i'm like you know fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna make some exciting fiction i'm gonna come up with some interesting art um because that's way more interesting than science imagine thinking that the perfect world like the perfect reality is one where everyone has a college degree imagine everyone having to go through five like four years college education that'd be such a boring world of boring people i uh i, I for one think the best uh you know, i mean if someone does that that's great but to, to to insist that the world would automatically be better if everyone had four years of of college education that's insane that that is nuts
like the implication that uh that just because I uh just because I I I like live live a life of uh, direct experience, Hitler also lived a life of direct experience. That's a pretty goofy comparison. But, you know, it, people always attack their opponent by comparing them to Hitler. Um Jack Kerouac also lived a life of direct experience. Where's Dingo from? That's a good question. Uh, never says. He's from Ireland, uh, I think. His YouTube channel says Ireland, but it doesn't sound Australian or British, really. I'm guessing Irish. Um, I don't know. I, I like Ireland. Uh, it's a good country. It's a democracy, so I'm all for that. I often get misinterpreted whenever I say something. 26 plus 6, uh, 32. 32. 26 plus 6, 've I've come under fire for saying like science is boring and like people who engage in science are fucking bland as shit but uh that's the impression I've always got never had a science teacher who is like uh crazy interesting the interesting teachers were already were usually the art teachers well not always I had some art teachers that were shit too but I don't really judge fields based on how interesting the teachers were Public education here in America is a, a fucking mess. Like, all the teachers are these underpaid losers who have no idea what they're doing. They're like, oh, I'm going to change the world. And then one year in, they're really fucking overworked and underpaid and they just feel like shit. The job is so fucking taxing. Uh, I can't even imagine, like, the delusion that someone would need to be under to think they can change the world by entering public education. Because it's not like you can teach kids whatever you want, you know. You have a set curriculum, you have to issue homework and shit. So it's not like you're going to, like, change the world. Now you're just entering a very well-defined system that has its rules and regulations and, you know, going to be, like, the same as all the other teachers. Way to, the way to teach a new generation is to create literature with which you can communicate ideas directly. That's how to do it. I often have my arguments misinterpreted. Like that was that was a year ago, you know, Kip came on and I was like, Quantum physics is fucking boring. Was, oh, you're you're anti science. Oh, you don't like science. I'm like, I believe in science. Like no shit, Earth's round. Vaccines work, but they're not interesting. There's nothing interesting about a vaccine. It's not like I look at a vaccine and I go, Wow. It's so interesting. It works. It does what it's supposed to. It does what it says on the label. Science operates the way you'd expect science to. And as much as someone like Dingo might insist that science isn't just the, a, a, a bland description of the way things objectively are, that's what science is. It's a system whereby we can understand the truth of the world, but you you don't you don't gain anything from that. There's no meaning to it. It's not like a religion where you feel like this spiritual uplift. Science is just a prescriptive, like you said, a prescriptive system uh, describing 
ob objective reality. Do you think some of your opinions may be colored by bad experiences? Um, like what? That I, that I don't like science and I had science teachers who were shit? I mean, I had art teachers who were shit, too. In fact, I think I had as many art teachers who were shit as science teachers who were shit. I like art. I recognize that art as a field has potential, even if the teachers uh, are bad. And this is the thing, too, right? When I was in school, uh, I didn't give a shit about the teachers, and I didn't give a shit about what they were saying. I did my own shit most of the time. Like, half of high school, I was just drawing comics, because that was the only thing that I uh, found enjoyment in. And uh, they didn't teach me jack shit. They were all a bunch of unqualified idiots. I knew more than them on average. Um, I, I really, like, you. if you're an idiot, high school will help you because you're forced to learn shit. And there were a lot of idiots in high school, like, completely stupid people. There was a guy in, like... 12th grade who wrote like he was in like the third grade he did not know how to put together a grammatically correct sentence no shit but and i'm sure high school did a world of good for him i think public education is great uh, for people who need it and i think it's great that here in america anyway you can get grades kindergarten all the way up through 12 uh for free I think that's a wonderful government institution, and it's absolutely worth it, and it's, you know, it's good for society to have public education. I didn't need it. I, I was bored out of my fucking head all the time. And uh, these days, I am so much happier. My mood has improved so much. I am on top of the fucking world just being able to create whatever I want whenever I want and uh, living a life according to my own terms. The other thing, right, when you're in a structured environment like public education, uh, the teachers always talk down to you and always assume that they're superior to you, even though I was like, you know, 17, 18. At that point, I was done being talked down to. I can't imagine going to college and being talked down to by some professor for like four more years. But talking with like actual adults, like in, in a situation where both of you are equal... Um, and both of you are on equal ground, and nobody's talking down to anyone. Um, that's a much more productive experience, I found. One of like mutual respect. That's a much more um, fulfilling environment, I think. I don't really hate science because I had boring science classes. I uh, I just. I'm not a scientist. I think these days it's it's all too often assumed that uh, people in, in scientific industries and people in scientific lines of work are more valuable, inherently more valuable to, to society than people in any other line of work, and I think that's uh, a terrible way to look at it. I think that will lead to a job market where everything is just filled with science nerds, right? And that's not good. Uh, a job market where there's no diversity. It's good to have some physicists, but if everyone is a physicist, then it'll just be fucking boring. Um, a, a functioning economy and a functioning society needs a wide variety of jobs, right? Like, if you're a restaurateur and you sell tasty pizzas... And you don't need to know quantum physics. You have no 
practical application for that and you don't need it but you're also providing a valuable service for society right same if you're a mail order cartoonist or if you're you know a plumber plumber you need a little bit of science but you don't need that much you just deal with septic tanks and shit that's a worthwhile occupation and nobody should be talked down to just because they work in the service industry or like they're a garbage man or whatever Scientists think too highly of themselves. They're like, we're the fucking saviors of humanity and we're fixing climate change even though we're absolutely not and we can't do shit about the politicians who back out of the Paris Climate Accords, right? Um, I think politicians, honestly, are more valuable to society than, than scientists, you know? Because, like, only they can sign the climate trees and shit. So only they can actually affect real change. Like, scientists can't do shit. If you're a fucking climate expert in America, you know the climate's going to shit. You can't do shit because you're not a politician. You entered the wrong field. If you want to change the world, you should be a politician, you know, in order. A sophist. As for um, scientists, I just think they're a bunch of stuck-up assholes. I don't know who, who wouldn't get that impression. I, I don't know a profession with more stuck-up assholes than science full of people whose entire job revolves around them knowing more than you and knowing more about the objective state of reality than the general public. So I'm not sure how it wouldn't lead to like a, a shit ton of like stuck up assholes who are just full of themselves. Especially with like, you know, all this shit like AI art, NFTs and crypto bros and all the Silicon Valley garbage, right? What I do is I say, fuck all that, I'm going to draw a fucking comic. If you don't like it, you can suck it, you know? That's the attitude I take, because I can't stand Silicon Valley. That's just one example of a terrible use of science. Worst possible culture for science. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Most of the damage done on the planet comes to the top, and there should all be more mindful of carbon footprint is i don't have a very big carbon footprint because i don't have a car um that's the main thing you can do to reduce your carbon footprint like you know this has been pointed out a ton those batteries in teslas they got like lithium and nickel and shit that's mined out of all this you know environmentally damaging mines um the best thing you can do uh to fix your carbon footprint is not have a fucking car and i don't so my conscience is fucking clean I don't know what, I, 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 you know, I used to think, oh, I'm going to have a car when I, when I grew up. I thought, oh, wow. Um, yeah, you have a car, but that's like most of your carbon footprint. Um, statistically speaking, like you're going to have the most amount of environmental impact from a, a thing that constantly needs refueling every like, every fucking week, right? Uh, anything that runs on, like, fuel, that runs out, uh, that's going to be terrible for the environment. And there's nothing about electric cars that makes them more environmentally friendly, because the electricity just comes from burning fossil fuels, mo most likely. I mean, there's there's a there's a really disturbing documentary I saw called Planet of the Humans, where basically this guy goes around with all these like solar farms and shit. 
there's like this stupid Toyota publicity event. I forget if it's Toyota, but it's one of the car brands where they're like advertising their new uh, electric vehicle or whatever. He goes up to them and they're just uh, filling it with uh, fuel, they're just filling it with gas. But they're but then they're advertising it at the event like it's uh, like it's a, like it's an electric car. They're actually just getting it all from. Uh, I think that's like the dumbest thing is when someone says that it's like solar or whatever, but it's it's obviously not. The documentary also goes into like how uh solar a lot of solar farms use like too much uh too much plastic and metal to be sustainable and to produce all that plastic and metal you have to use fossil fuels so it's kind of uh kind of pointless it's an interesting documentary i don't know if i agree with everything in it but it is it's entertaining because it kind of takes the same approach as planet of the apes and i like that because it's one of my favorite movies but it's kind of about how like environmental sustainability is almost impossible given our current situation uh but yeah having a car i'd say is the main the main way you can be uh not sustainable i just walk everywhere because it's not like it's not like in denver there's that many things that you can't get to just by walking like i can walk anywhere it takes about an hour to walk somewhere and uh you know i have all the time in the world so uh, yeah, I'd say that the the number one thing is just don't have a car. And if I need to go somewhere far away, I use RTD. You pay three dollars per per ticket, and that lasts for about three hours, and uh, that's fine, you know, because obviously a bus is more environmentally sustainable than a car. Uh, yeah. in denver public transit is actually uh really great it's actually really well organized i've seen videos of like houston where the bus is impossible like nobody uses the bus and the bus barely services jack shit and uh that's like a nightmare landscape but uh here in denver the bus is just like really good it always operates in colfax you can get it until like 2 a.m and they come like every seven minutes it's honestly like uh almost creepy how how well functioning rtd is one, one of the best bus systems in the country most likely and uh i think it, it it's funded pretty well i think it's probably the ideal uh public transportation system it services denver really really well I'm sure down in like austin or dallas or wherever it's probably like one one bus a day or whatever um <laughs> But here in Denver, it's great. Uh, I mean, it has to be, you know, tons of people. Tons of people here, like 600,000, so it has, to, it has to account for that. I can only imagine what it must be like in, like, L.A. or wherever. Or New York, you know. New York doesn't have a, a terrible public transportation. You have to get a taxi in New York. I didn't say my favorite movie is Planet of the Apes, but it is it is up there. I think it's on my top five, uh, my top 50 sci-fi list. Um, definitely the original. Which remake? The the Tim Burton one or the shitty uh, new one with uh, Harrelson? 
2 remakes. Both of them are ass. One. Definitely the original. I mean, the Tim Burton one's very different from the Woody Harrelson one in, in like, tone. I feel like Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton version, he's trying to approach it with the same, uh, same thing he did with Mars Attacks, where he's, like, kinda, kind of a tribute to sci-fi, but Planet of the Apes is the kind of franchise that can't really be goofy because it's such a, a societal science fiction film. And, like, the original is written by Rod Serling, so, like, you're not going to make a better one than that. Like, it, it's basically a two-hour Twilight Zone episode, and it functions as such, and uh, it's easily one of the best things Rod Serling ever worked on. Uh, you're not going to get better than that, you know. But some people swear by, I think, the... Not, not the first sequel of Planet of the Apes, but the one where... Uh, Roddy McDowell and a uh, female ape, like, go back to the present day. Uh, people like that one. And given that uh, all the sequels except one, I think, have Roddy McDowell, I feel like, um, I feel like they're okay. Up until Battle of Planet of the Apes, I think, uh, it's fine. But, yeah, I mean, the first one. The, the the TV show is good. I've seen the TV show. It used to be broadcast at like 2 a.m. And uh, the, it, it's really short. There's only a couple episodes. But Roddy McDowell plays a completely different ape in that. He plays three characters across the whole franchise. He, he plays... Uh, in the original, he plays Dr. Cornelius, right? And then... He he also plays uh, he plays Caesar in the later ones, right? And then in the show, he plays um, he plays like some uh, he he plays like a like a like an ape who helps the humans out. Um, but they they don't like uh, he's not he's not Zeus he's 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 Galen in the show. The show's pretty good. It's underrated, I feel. Uh, it has it has a good production value, which isn't difficult for Planet of the Apes, because all you have to do is basically just shoot, you know, barren landscapes look kind of futuristic, but it's pretty it's pretty easy to make a Planet of the Apes. I feel like you have to do is not have uh, any any uh, visibility of, of human structures around. As for, uh... I often get misinterpreted, and that's the thing. It's Maybe it's that I have autism, maybe it's just that people are illiterate these days. Like, for instance, a uh, good example, right? Uh, I said to Kippy a while back, this was a while back, I said, I'm not a globalist, right? It's a very basic statement because globalism is an actual political ideology, and it's pretty niche. Like, it's up there with nihilism or antinatalism. Not many people hold it. But globalism is an actual political ideology. Now, Kippy, being kind of the moron he is, uh, inferred that this was some kind of anti-Semitic dog whistle, and that uh, by globalist I meant like the global cabal or whatever, uh, which is not what I was referring to, right? 
Uh, I meant globalism, which is diametrically the opposite of nationalism. I personally consider myself somewhere in the middle of that of that uh, spectrum. I don't think all countries should be entirely separate, and I think um, I think uh, international organizations like the UN and NATO and the EU are very helpful. They provide a lot of uh, public utility to people. You know, if 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 a single government can't do something individually, you can use an, an international organization to like you know. Uh, things across country lines but i don't think the entire world would function as one big country which is what globalism is about it's about like just you know getting rid of every border and just making the world a big country and i don't think that would work i don't think one person or even one uh even one group of people could run the world efficiently and i think the world is the size to the point where, just as a matter of fact, you know, like we need uh, multiple, need multiple governments. I, th I think that's uh, ultimately good. Let people in a certain region govern themselves according to their own customs and the way they, you know, uh, what they need. We don't think the world would work as a big global country. And that's all I meant by I'm not a globalist, but Kippy was like, in fact, let me search it up here. I'm sure it's still on the server. Is an anti-Semitic dog whistle. Which is just such a stupid idea that you, you, you just say like, oh, Democrat, what if Democrat was an anti-Semitic dog whistle or, you know, like. Some, something really basic like it's just it's 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 a political philosophy globalism is an actual political philosophy um and some people just can't really get this through their heads that like not every time someone says globalist they're referring to um you know like they're not referring to that. like for instance you can say the illuminati and maybe you're referring to the actual Illuminati. Yeah, he might mean to say that as a heads up, but what he's actually doing is implying that I'm anti-Semitic. And if he can't understand that some people might just say globalist, I know globalist is an anti-Semitic dog whistle. We're idiots. But if we're assuming that both of us know what globalism is, uh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he legitimately has no idea what globalism is because he hasn't looked into the matter. I don't give a shit. QAnon, you know, like, if, if 4chan, for instance, you know, you, they did the thing where they turned the OK sign into, like, a white supremacy sign. I don't give a shit. I'm still going to use it. And I'm still going to post a Pepe meme every now and again. And you can't make Pepe a white supremacy thing if, if you don't buy into that. I think Pepe is just a, a, a fun little frog, you know? I don't really give a shit if someone goes, oh... You you post you made the okay sign. Don't you know that's basically the new Heil Hitler? Like you know, it, it's not. It's a it's a fake thing invented by 4chan. The same goes if like you're referring to the Illuminati, right? Like you could mean the fake Illuminati, the one that doesn't exist, or you could mean the actual Illuminati, which was an actually historically documented thing which was just a fun little, like, gentleman's club that George Washington and some of the founding fathers and members of the Enlightenment belonged to. 
um, Illuminati, you know, meaning like smart, which uh, they were compared to all the kings and queens and shit at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Illuminati does not exist anymore. Probably broke up around like 1800, but it's an organization that relied on secrecy, so we don't know that much about it. Same with like Yale Skull and Bones Club. But you could mean that if you say Illuminati. You don't necessarily mean the conspiracy theory shit. There was an Illuminati. Um, they're different things. Kippy is just generally kind of a pedant, I've noticed. He tends to focus too much on, like, terminology and be like, oh, um, you mean this, actually. It's a misinterpretation of what someone is saying, and to assume that just because you say, so, like, globalism, you're an anti-Semite, that's fucking stupid. Um, globalism is an actual political philosophy. I'm sure, you, you know, it's the same with, like, the... It's the same with, like, the, the Hitler salute or whatever. A lot of people... Like, the Roman salute and Hitler salute, there are, there are noticeable differences between them. And sometimes you could just be making the Roman salute, and someone would misinterpret that as the Nazi salute. There are there are a couple differences between the two. Um, I think I've seen a graph that that illustrates the differences. Like easily, someone could make the Nazi salute and it get misinterpreted as the Roman salute, or vice versa. But, but I think if someone wants to pledge their allegiance to the Roman Empire and celebrate uh, Roman shit, that's cool as shit because I like the Roman Empire. I'm a, I'm a Roman stan. I'm a stan of Rome. I really like Rome. Uh, if someone wants to make the Roman salute, and they say this is the Roman salute, this isn't the Nazi salute, I think they have the right to, if they're a proud Roman, or, you know, proud of uh, Roman contributions to, to the world. Yeah, I often get uh, I often get misinterpreted, and I I don't think it's because I have autism. I think I'm a very effective communicator, and I think I'm a I think I'm very good with words generally. But I think a lot if someone is stupid, like if someone's really really dumb, they might not get what I'm saying. Uh, like if someone uh, assumes that because I mentioned globalism, I'm 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 uh, I mean like the global cabal or whatever, which is not what globalism is. Globalism is merely a political philosophy which advocates for the abolition of borders and the and the uh, creation of a big country that's the entire world, which I don't think would be an efficient system. I don't think that's a sustainable or efficient system. I think the most efficient system is uh, sovereign nations, nations that operate independently, but at the same time cooperate internationally on important issues. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what purpose telling me that globalism is an anti-Semitic dog whistle could serve. It's not really heads up, because I know that, and he knows that. He's just doing it to paint me and misinterpret me as an anti-Semite. That's what he's doing. I think the conspiracy theory that... Uh, Jewish people uh, run the world is so fucking stupid. Uh, it's a really stupid conspiracy theory. And uh, I'm honestly sick of it. Because uh, who does run the world, and this is a crazy idea, it's white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, a.k.a. wasps. Uh, really basic shit. Every president prior to JFK was a Protestant. 
we're all Protestants, and JFK comes in. Like, oh my shit, a Catholic president? This was a big thing back in the 60s when JFK was elected president. They were like, what's next? I, I saw an article from the 60s. It's like, oh my gosh, we have a Catholic president? Pretty soon we could have a, a black president. It's white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And what it is, is it's just white Anglo-Saxon Protestants pushing it on the Jewish people, being like, they control everything, not us. It's not like we, we control all this shit. It's, uh, you know, they're mainly over in New England, like in uh, Connecticut, Vermont, and um, uh, New York, Massachusetts, you know, that type. A big, expansive fucking country clubs and Wall Street and all that. And they had this thing called the Social Register, which back in, like, the 20s, you know, the, the fancy times, uh, it was really big in terms of, like, you know, who got into the fancy parties and who, who like, got in, who got uh, the all the privilege. And uh, it was called the Social Register, and it still kind of exists. But one thing you notice is that the Social Register is never accused of being a big, creepy cabal to the same extent, like, you know, Bohemian Grove or whatever. I, the social register is way creepier than Bohemian Grove, if you think about it. Bohemian Grove is just like a fun little party that some rich people toss. The social register is like an institution of exclusively white rich people. It, it just is, it's not even just like an annual thing like Bohemian Grove. It's, it's a freaking, uh, it's, it's, it's just like this closed club. But you notice nobody ever accuses the... Uh, social register of being uh of being a, a a weird like secret society on the level of the illuminati or whatever and that is uh, that's really disturbing it's white anglo-saxon presence that's a hundred percent uh who has the most societal privilege just empirically um as an atheist i i i cannot count myself among that i don't think i'm anglo-saxon either that's why I'm, I don't like organized religion in general. Um, I'm not Portuguese. Common misconception. Uh, I'm white as fuck, uh, but I don't think I'm Anglo-Saxon. I think I'm, uh, I'm Irish. Definitely some French. Um, maybe, some, maybe some Scottish. A little bit of Scottish. Um, I'm not Portuguese. I have no idea where that misconception came out of. I think there's some like soccer player called Nicholas Cicada or something. Um, I, I don't, I'm not Hispanic at all. I, I'm white as shit. Uh, I just happen to have a Hispanic last name, you know, because it, it's a multicultural country. Uh, I don't know where that, that came from. I'm, I'm, I'm American as shit and white as shit. Uh, I, I find it, uh, I find it ultimately relevant. Where did it come from that I was Portuguese? Under that. This is a bizarre assumption. Um, absolutely not. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know Portuguese. I mean, Portugal's a fine language. I speak it in Brazil. Or else, really. I think the, the differences between... 
You just thought my name was Portuguese because Cicada is a Portuguese name. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's like assuming that, like, someone named, like, O'Tooley is, is automatically Irish. I mean, here in America, uh, culture blends around so much and, and demographics shift so much that you can probably find plenty of white guys with, with Hispanic last names. Um, it, it, it definitely happens. My case is a little unique because my father, his last name is Cicada, but he's not Hispanic. He's he's basically a, a brown face performer. He's a he's a Hispanic fraud. He goes around and pretends to be Hispanic and plays in this Latin jazz band, and uh, he's basically a giant uh, giant charlatan, uh, in essence. He he like tans his skin to appear more Hispanic than he actually is, but he's white, and. Um, there, there isn't an ounce of. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a massive fraud. That's that's how it happened. Like back in the '90s, right when Latin jazz was big, especially here in Colorado, especially like around the Boulder area, it was a big phenomenon. So my father, who's a grifter, figured that he could capitalize on this trend by uh, pronouncing everything really Hispanic-y. And being like, oh, I'm I'm the Latin jazz king. He basically like pretended to be Desi Arnaz, right, or uh, or Tito Puente or whatever. Just a giant, massive uh, fraud, which is interesting. That's an interesting way to to get a Hispanic name. I mean, he was born with the last name Cicada, but um, he's not Hispanic. Like, by no stretch of the imagination is he Hispanic. That's just complete nonsense. Anywho, uh, yeah, I often get misinterpreted as a general discussion. The uh, what was another time I was misinterpreted. Uh, Kip does most of the misinterpreting, obviously. There was, there was at one point, I remember we're like talking about my Vietnam comic Veterans Day. And they got upset because I referred to South Vietnamese people in the Vietnam War as traitors, when by definition that's what the South Vietnamese during the Vietnam War were. Uh, there's nothing, like, racial even about that. That's just the, the position they were in during the Vietnam War. Uh, the South Vietnamese were fighting against Vietnamese independence, so they are traitors to their country and their people. Pretty basic shit. Or for whatever reason, a lot of people don't understand basic history like the Vietnam War. So Kippy and a bunch of other morons were like, Oh, you're saying that uh, the Viet South Vietnamese were traitors? How dare you, you stinking racist? It's like, no, that's just the position they're in in the war. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even like an ethical thing. That Most of them would probably agree they were traitors. Yeah, they're traitors. Um, saying that they're not traitors is like saying Benedict Arnold isn't a traitor. They're traitors. That's what that's what they are. They're not loyal to their country. They want American imperialism. They're in favor of American imperialism. So, for whatever reason, uh, they assumed that uh, I was being like mean to Vietnam or something. I'm pro-Vietnamese sovereignty. I think Vietnam is a kick-ass country, and I, I'd like to I like to take a vacation there sometime. It's a cool-ass country. 
and I, I've, I've been like, Vietnam's cool as shit. Just because I'm not, like, in favor of the South Vietnamese, and I think, uh, ultimately, Vietnam was in the right, and it's good that they won, um, people are like, oh, you fucking racist. I don't know that makes me a racist. That makes me, uh, in favor of, like, Vietnamese independence, which, uh, I think is, is good, you know? It's complete nonsense. Yeah. Our Vietnamese are in the right, no shit. But I, like, people are like, oh... Well, you, you like the North Vietnamese. Doesn't that make you a traitor? It's like, nah. The, the, you cannot support America in every war. I think, I think insisting that America was in the right in every single war it's ever fought is nonsense. That's just not true. But, a lot we were, but a lot, a lot like, I, I'm not pro-Iraq. Oh, well over on Unsyke is a complete idiot. Um, he's like, he's in favor of the Iraq war. He's like, I'm glad we went over and showed those fucking Iraqis what for because we had to prove to them that America, you don't fuck with America. If you know basic history, you know that Osama bin Laden was not in Iraq and that was just a massive waste of money and people. Like, so stupid. Uh... He just buys into this nationalist bullshit rhetoric. He's pro-Iraq war. Yeah. A basic shit, like really basic history that you'd think anyone would know. But for whatever reason, I guess Woe just, Wo just doesn't. He's like, I'm glad we showed those bastards what for because, because we needed to prove that we were the kings of the, kings of the globe and, and you don't fuck with us. You know? Uh... I, I like the documentary Fahrenheit for Fahrenheit 9/11 by Michael Moore. Uh, it's very clever, and it points out that uh, Bush deliberately tried like not killing Osama because th I think Woe is a neocon. He says he's a centrist, but I don't buy it for a second. He's like he buys into like subtly racist things about African Americans. Like he avoids his local ghetto by any means necessary. Um, talks about the is is he thinks the only motivation people have for crime uh, is because like they need to like he's like oh the only reason someone would rob a bank is because they they're they're financially desperate like the the like those African Americans and it's like that's not the reason p people commit crimes like Bernie Madoff right Bernie Madoff is like just an asshole. He didn't need to do crime. He didn't do it out of financial desperation. And he wasn't black. He was a fucking rich white guy. But he just did it. He screwed a ton of people over because because it, you know, like made him uh, made him got his kicks out of that, I guess. He was just a sick fuck. But uh, in Woe's eyes, Crime only exists as a result of economic desperation, even though statistics show that, like, a poor black guy is way less likely to rob a bank. Every time I see, like, a big video about someone robbing a bank, it's always this white asshole. It's always this white guy who looks like freaking Pauly Shore. You know, he goes in there, he thinks he's the big shit. I never, I never seen black people do anything, like, anything violent or criminal or shit. It's it's that he thinks like 
and I brought up, like, what about domestic abuse, right? What if some white guy beats his wife to a fucking pulp? And there's no reason for it. It's not out of economic desperation. It's out of sociopathy or psychopathy. He's like, well, that, that doesn't count. I mean, like, crime, it just exists because people want to rob banks because they're poor. Last thing you'd want if you're poor is to, you know, freaking, like, is to freaking rob a bank and then go to jail for 10 years, and that just worsens your situation. And most people who are in, you know, poor scenario recognize that crime is not the best way out. Right? Like, if you're, you know, if, if you're privileged and you have a big-ass lawyer and a big-ass legal team, you can get away with anything. You know, you can rob a bank and then you can just use your rich lawyer to be like, oh, uh, he wasn't in sound mind or, you know, he's the CEO of a big company and, and get let off the hook. If you're, if you're like, in the ghetto, you're not going to go into a bank and, like, risk jail time for probably, like, 200 bucks. Nobody does that. I don't know if Wilmy's a neocon. He says he's a centrist, and once he even said he was like on the left, which is complete bullshit. I think he's I think he's a probably a centrist, but he holds just some apeshit views that are just like terrible. Just like some of the worst political takes I've ever heard. Like just the other day, he quotes the golden rule at me. And I point out that as an atheist, I'm not obligated to follow the teachings of the Bible. And he's like, the golden rule isn't from the Bible. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, the fuck it is. It's a direct quote from the Bible. And he's like, oh, I guess it is. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that the golden rule's from the Bible. I do unto others. That's, that's from the Bible. He doesn't know this because he, he lives out in the Midwest in like this sheltered religious existence. It's 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 bizarre. I, I that's like the result of someone who doesn't live off direct experience and just lives off like resources about like Bible and stuff. If you don't live with directly and, and like engage with the world, you just wind up with this extremely sheltered basic perspective that uh, is not worth all that much in the marketplace of ideas. And that's what I hope to avoid. Uh, it, it's not inherently a religious principle, but the fact that it's a direct quote from the Bible, uh, it is a direct quote out of the Bible, right? It's, it's a good principle. You know, I personally think that you should just, you should, just shouldn't be an ass and, like, Honestly, I think, like, I don't think the golden rule is universally applicable. I don't think it should be treated like a physical constant. Sometimes I think it's important to, uh, you know, I, th I think other neologisms are more useful, like uh, smother your enemies with kindness, for instance. There's a good one. That's useful. Um, I, I don't know exactly why it is that people who claim to be, like, religiously tolerant can't respect my autonomy as an atheist and refrain from quoting the Bible at me. I don't even realize that what they're quoting is the Bible because they don't realize that their entire lives revolve around the Bible. Um, it was the same with the Hypnagogic Archive fan base. One of them was like, Windigoon blessed you by making a video about Hypnagogic Archive. I was like, blessed me he's a saint now he just made a video he didn't bless me 
I don't like language like that. I don't like having this religious language used because uh, I think it's stupid. Direct quote from Womi is, uh, this is like well known is that uh, Dick Cheney's war machinery company Halliburton had made business deals with the Saudis and the Bin Laden family so they had a monetary incentive not to put the responsibility for 9-11 on Saudi Arabia. Basic knowledge. It's not a conspiracy theory, that's just basic shit. It's been known for 20 years at this point. Um, Womi says, I'm not sure how you think attacks work, but when Al-Qaeda flew those planes into 9-11, the U.S. must take action. I'm glad we took action. Because of the war on terror, the Middle East has become a safer place. I don't think a pacifist like yourself would understand. It's not a safer place. Afghanistan is now under control by the Taliban, and it's a living hell. It's not a safer place. Uh, it's just nonsense. He just, he just completely... He has a brain made out of cheese. I've never encountered anyone who's as obtuse as that. It's bizarre. That's true. Iraq has gotten worse. The reason the Middle the the reason the Middle East doesn't work, the reason the Middle East doesn't function, is because democracies don't work as a system of government. You need a wall between church and state. And if you run your country according to the Quran, it's going to be a shit country. The same if you ran your country according to the Torah or the Bible. Um, I'm against organized religion. I think organized religion is dumb. I think Judaism is dumb. I think Christianity is dumb. I think Islam is dumb. I think all three are dumb. Uh, I think, like, you know, in America and in Europe and stuff, like, people can do it. But I, I absolutely don't think you should build a country on that. That's the only reason the Middle East doesn't work, because it's, it's, a, it's based on theocracy. That's a bad system of governance. It doesn't work. doesn't matter how much America comes in, you know, if America doesn't institute a wall between church and state, and if they're not willing to institute a wall between church and state themselves, then the Middle East isn't going to become stable anytime soon. You notice that the one thing about every country that, that, that's functional is that they have a wall between church and state. Um... North Korea, for instance, is unstable because they operate on a cult mentality and believe that Kim Jong-un is some kind of deity. Um, and that's, that's not a wall between church and state. That's a, that's a, that's a kind of a theocratic government. It's more fascist, but... Um, the Middle East is the world's best example of what happens when you run your country and form all your laws around a 1,000-year-old fairy tale book. It's not going to be a sustainable ecosystem. Now, that's what I say as an atheist. I, I'm in favor of a secular government like we have here in America. I think that's for the best. And, um... Absolutely, I think, just like, the Iraq War was stupid as shit. Yeah, well, legit believes that. I'm like, you know, fuck this. 
I think Unsyke has become so unfunny ever since, like, all, like, it's it's just whoa now. He's just, like, wormed his way into the mod team. Was I ever asked if I'd like to be on the mod team? Heck nah. But, uh, oh, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, any questions currently? Or 25. If you stay around till the end, you can win a free comic, too. So, yeah. Um. Any questions in particular? Hmm. Yeah. There's no drama unless anyone's here, so looking for drama and I'm definitely not going to unban well anytime soon. He's he's blown the fuse. I I just don't know how anyone could hold terrible ideas like that. So like obliviously, as if it was second nature. Just like on, on you can't go ten seconds without displaying just a terrible viewpoint is completely against reality and completely against like uh, basic knowledge. Not sure, what's up with that? Uh, and I'd also argue it's just terrible for comedy, right? It's it's terrible for Unsyke's website because it runs on satirization, and you can't have effective satirization if you run your life according to a like biblical mindset. Really, that's why the Babylon Bee is so unfunny because they don't. They don't really. They're not really willing to consider alternative perspectives, whereas a publication like The Realist, that satire is its best. It's fucking irreverent. It just doesn't give a shit. Throws everything at the wall. Uh, you should check out The Realist. That's a that's a great publication. Great American <laughs> publication, easily. And. Uh, as for Unsyke, I mean, I hope it doesn't go the way of the dinosaur, but the longer you have figures like Woe on your mod team, you know, the longer you have rotten apples who ascribe to terrible ideologies like that, um, the worse your situation will get, and the, the less funny you'll get, too, because you, there's nothing less humorous. There, there's no people who are less able to take a joke than religious fundamentalists. Um, I... I well, isn't a neocon, but I, I think he just legitimately has terrible ideas that when he first encountered me, I was completely outside his frame of reference. He acts as if mail-order comics is something he, he just does not understand because, like, he's never seen it before. He, he doesn't understand what it is. He doesn't understand that people still sell things via the mail because he lives in this, like, bubble environment. And he said, like, he's not going to buy any of my comics because his they contain ideas that would be disturbing to his family. Uh, it's, it's insane. Like, I, I, I th I, I'm, I'm glad I live a life of direct experience because the alternative is just living a life according to the Bible or whatever, and that's... That sounds like a terrible life, but...
each their own, I guess. I mean, I hope he's doing well, because obviously suffers from a lot of mental burden and a lot of interior conflict, but um, I don't know what to say about the guy. Like, he's just, he has such terrible ideas about society, politics, it, it, pretty much everything. Uh, I, I don't get it at all. Hope that clears things up as far as Insight goes. It used to be a funny website. It really did. I think I came in on the tail end of uh, when it was funny or interesting, but all, all the mods who were funny have left, so. The first time I was banned from the Unsyke server, I remember this. The first time I was banned is because uh, I pointed out that theocracies are bad and, like, the Middle East is unstable because they run things according to the Quran. And uh, I was banned for Islamophobia for that, but right now there is someone on your mod team who actually believes that, like, African Americans are more disposed to violence or whatever according to statistics. He's probably read the fucking bell curve or some shit like that. Or watching, you know, PragerU videos. And, um, or, like, believes in, uh, you know, like, that, like, different races have different intelligences or something. I don't, I don't know if he believes in that, but it's possible. He does have really weird ideas about just, like, his, his local black neighborhood. It's called, uh, East St. Louis, and apparently it's in another state from, like, normal St. Louis. But it's, like, you know, it's, it's a dilapidated slum. But he talks about it, even though it's, like, really close. Yeah. He talks about, like, it's hell. I could, I, I'd walk around there. I hope, to, I, I hope to go to East St. Louis sometime. I'll just walk the fuck around. There's, like, a barbecue place there. I'll probably go to the barbecue place, just eat there, take pictures, prove that I survived, you know? There really is, yeah, it's like a ghetto. He lives in this, like, segregated environment. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure out in St. Louis or wherever, it's still, like, very segregated. And having grown up in, like, a, you know, a racially, uh, a racially, you know, diversified environment like Denver. Like, Denver, there's not really... There's not really, like, a ghetto, you know? There's not, like, a full-on segregated slum. There's this one There's one neighborhood called Five Points that historically has had more black people, but it, it's never been really a ghetto. It's, like, a, a, a well-functioning neighborhood. as like, a streetcar and lots of stores and shit. Recently, it's been gentrified. There's just so many white people there now. But Denver, in general, is a very, like, racially... Uh, you know, it's mixed up, and I think that's just something that Woe doesn't have access to on, like, a, a regular basis, is, like, seeing black people and seeing Hispanic people, and, like, living alongside them, and maybe that's it. I don't know. It really is, like, disturbing to think that someone just, like, exists in an environment like that. I don't know. As a Denverite, I have to say, like, I have, like, a lot of you know, I'm I'm lucky to live somewhere like Denver, where it's just like the the conditions are really good compared to the rest of the country, and you don't like grow up as like a racist or homophobe. Um, I mean, obviously there's other liberal spots, but 
uh, Denver's is great in terms of like Denver is only around 60% white, which is good. There's a lot of Hispanic population, a lot of black, but mostly more so Hispanic because a lot of uh, a lot a lot of people come up here from like New Mexico and stuff. It's great. It, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but, like, if I ever go to East St. Louis, I won't be like, oh, no, I'm going to get mugged, you know, I'll go to the fucking barbecue restaurant, I'll eat there, I'll take some pictures. And this is the thing, right? You can walk into any ghetto, and so long as you're not an asshole, uh, the black people will respect you, you know? Don't be an asshole. Just walk around, you know, be respectful. Respectful that it's the hood, you know? Yeah, just be respectful to people in the hood. But the way Woe describes East St. Louis, it's like he thinks it's like the most terrifying nightmare realm. And in part it's because like it's in another state, right? Like it's separated for from normal St. Louis, like the state line. And Woe doesn't seem to understand that this is just an example of like systemic disenfranchisement right like the only reason the black neighborhood is located in a separate state so they can't like participate in the local affairs it's by design right he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to grasp that he doesn't seem able to wrap his head around like gerrymandering and in, in, in like unfair border uh you know unfair unfair city planning that places uh, the black population outside of, uh, you know, positions of power being able to do anything of any, like, political consequence. It doesn't seem to get that, like, that's that's intentional. It doesn't seem to understand systemic injustice from, like, any, any point. It's really weird. You carry on and talk with the guy. Any period of time, eventually he will just say something that is so stupid, you think, like, how can anyone possibly hold this batshit, wacko perspective? And it's just because I don't think he's ever had to see anything outside that. I think that I pose, like, a legitimate ideological threat to him, and my experience is so far outside his frame of reference he has no way to describe it it's like completely beyond him it's also why i think he's so obsessed with me and why he keeps trying to get back on here because i legitimately do interest him he finds my perspective interesting doesn't agree with it he finds it really interesting and he's obsessed with it Conversing with him is, is such a taxing experience. It, it gets old so fast because he keeps repeating the same blatantly wrong information. But I just can't, I, I can't engage with that because it, it takes up too much of my energy and too much of my time. He always consistently argues in bad faith in the most smarmy, condescending way possible. And he puts forward the most junk ideas. Like, he thinks... He, he he actually thinks that uh, I I don't know he, he just holds a, a ton of just at shit insane ideas. Um, 
God, I, I, I'm done with that, and I'm definitely done with Unsight, because uh, you, you can't have a mod like that, unless you're, like, Encyclopedia Dramatica, it makes sense, but uh, there's nothing funny about religious fundamentalism. It's, like, the most boring, humorless position it's possible to have. There's nobody less funny than, like, Joel Osteen, you know? The, the guy's not fucking funny. So, most effective satire is satire that's willing to, like, shit all over religion and shit all over established, you know, power structures. Um, like, uh, I said, The Realist is just great. You should check out The Realist if you're into satire. It's a great publication. Classic shit. Um, I'm sure, like, everyone in The Realist, you know, they operated off direct experience, too. Um, probably. Most likely. I think that's a... Not everyone needs direct experience. Not everyone needs to live their life according to direct experience. I'm sure if someone is a physicist, um, they don't need to. But if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a writer, you really need direct experience with the real world. And you need inspiration. You need experiences that you can channel into your art. Right? Like, if I was... If I was in college all day, I see this all the time as people who just make boring songs about like boring shit. Like I was at college and I took so-and-so a class and they write like a story about this. That's not it. That's not interesting. What is interesting for me anyway is going around Denver at like 2 a.m. Just walking around Denver in the middle of the night and going to like the 16th Street Mall when nobody's on it. Or going down by Cherry Creek and listening to the water and looking into the water. And that is much more useful to my occupation than going to college possibly could be. And I can't imagine a world where everyone went to college. That would be just, like, ridiculous. Do I think everyone should be able to go to college if they want to? Yeah. And I think most people who really want to go to college and are really determined to go to college and get a degree and graduate, most do. If you're really determined and you really care and you can get a ton of scholarships, you know, you don't necessarily have to pay for all of it. But I do think if someone doesn't want to go to college, they shouldn't feel obligated to and they don't have to. I think college, much like marriage, is a societal construct that people are convinced that they absolutely need and not everyone does absolutely need it. I, I don't really get how, like, people... You know, people recognize that marriage and having kids isn't necessarily for everyone, so these days there's a lot of people in relationships that don't get married because they don't want to. Um, and they just, you know, they're, they're polygamous, but they just d never get married because they're not interested in that. At the same time, people, see, people still see college as like this uh, necessity for life, which it's absolutely not. And it, say if there was something like a universal basic income established, people would not need college. People, people can want college, and you can absolutely make a shit ton of money by going to college, and you can become a particle physicist or whatever. But if you don't want to become a particle physicist, there are some things that college simply isn't useful for. Being self-employed, there's never a point where I need to prove myself or be like, oh, I have a college diploma. I don't need to show that to anyone. Be like, I have a college diploma. I can just be like, I'm a high school graduate. 
that's that's the that's adequate education. I never even learned jack shit from like high school. I learned in middle school and elementary school because I was dumb and young. But in high school, like the point where I'm like 17, 18, I'm just ready to fucking draw. I, I, I there's nothing to learn at that point. Thing is, you never read good books in in high school. Right? Like you never read Dune. If if high school had you read really good books like Frank Herbert's Dune. Guarantee the population would be smarter, but for whatever reason, the curriculum is so stupid. Just read like uh, some shitty Margaret Atwood poem. Read this book that's told from the perspective of like a, a South Vietnamese five year old during the Vietnam War, but she's like five years old, so it's really cloying and simplistic and basic. Read this shitty book called The Things They Carried by uh, this professional liar tim o'brien who uh wrote absolute crap just like the most melodramatic garbage you can possibly imagine um well sir catcher in the rye i think catcher in the rye is an ass book it's really terrible it's it's like it's the original incel shit people wonder why there's so many incels maybe it's because you keep reading them a book about this boring incel character I think Holden Caulfield is the worst character. He's just boring and whiny and complains a shit ton. There's this one point in the book that really stood out to me. Where he buys a prostitute, and then at the last second before they're about to do it, he says to the prostitute, Oh, no thanks. I changed my mind. Bye. And he just wastes this prostitute's time. Holden's a real shithead. Catcher in the Rise is a terrible book absolutely doesn't teach anything important but um never read dune and i think that's a big i think that's a big drawback i've been reading dune like the past three months now and i've learned more from dune than i did during four years of high school because it's just the kind of book that's so well written it teaches you a lot about the human condition and it's also extremely entertaining and fast-paced and fun and full of action and adventure and the only reason people don't like reading is because in school they're always, you know, read the shit. They're read like complete garbage with zero literary value. I think another problem is that science fiction and fantasy and horror are still stigmatized as being like lesser genres and people still shit on that, which is so stupid. Um, in school, I remember I had to of my own volition, check out Ray Bradbury from the, the school library, because you didn't read that shit. You didn't read Ray Bradbury just as part of the curriculum. You had to actively seek it out. Right? And I think that's a major problem in America, is that we don't tend to recognize our best literature. Like, Frank Herbert's Dune is an absolute masterpiece, written by an American, and easily qualifies as great American literature. But just because it's set on another planet in the far future, we, we discount its potential as a learning tool. Um, and that's stupid. It's really stupid. But, uh, yeah, I never read Dune. The only comic that was available, the only comics I ever saw, the only two comics I ever saw in high school were Watchmen and Mouse, which are, like, the two worst comics. Uh, there, there are other ones that are bad, like uh, Contract with God or... Uh, 
uh, Killing Joke, those were also shit. But I saw Watchmen and Mouse, and those were the only two comics that were available. That, that's ridiculous. There are so many better comics than that. Um, yeah, the books you read were just, like, shit. That didn't, like, turn me off of literature or anything, because there were some great books out there. And I read them all of my own volition, and I probably learned more from reading Harlan Ellison than I did from four years of high school. So I don't think high school is for everyone. You can absolutely learn some valuable skills there, and you can definitely... And I do think everyone should at least finish high school. I felt like shit after finishing high school. I felt like I had wasted four years of my time that I could have been productive in working on my comics craft. But... I do think, in general, if you make it to 12th grade and you graduate from high school and you get a fucking diploma, that's all you need and you shouldn't spend the rest of your life with people talking down to you like, oh, you didn't go to college, oh, you didn't go to Harvard, oh, how dare you, you human scum, you stupid idiot. I remember when I graduated from high school, there's some people who were like, you should go to college or your brain will rot. And if you don't go to college, and you should at least read some so your brain doesn't go broken. And I was like, yeah, no shit, I'll keep reading. They were like, be like if the college buddies went to college, don't you want to go to college? Clearly I hadn't read College Buddies because College Buddies is a cautionary tale about people who are so consumed by the college lifestyle that they forget there's an outside world and they use the structured education system uh, to commit injustice. And that's what College Buddies is about. College Buddies has aged so goddamn well, you know. I wrote, co I wrote College Buddies specifically, like, late in high school because... I was so sick of hearing about college and how I was going to go to college and it was going to be epic and awesome and oh my gosh, I'm going to college. Oh wow, isn't that cool? I'm going to college after this. So I decided to make a comic that just takes a massive shit all over college as an institution and points out that not everyone who goes to college is smart. Some people are, you know, fucking idiots who are just there for drinking and sexual harassment. And uh, it's one of the most effective pieces of satire I've ever made, and I stand by it to this day. College Buddies is a fucking masterpiece. I like it. I think other people would like it too if they gave it a try, but the thing about my comics is a lot of people just fundamentally do not understand my comics. So, um, it's definitely the case with Unsyke. I don't think anyone from Unsyke has any Nicholas comics. Actually, that's not true. Zombie Baron does, but he's not a mod anymore, and he barely interacts with it. And, uh, as Dyer, he was, like, really sick of it. He was like, what the fuck are you doing to this website? But, uh, Zombie Baron has a bunch of Nicholas comics, and I hope he enjoys them, but... He's the only one who is willing to engage with it. Like, actually read them. That said, uh, I hope Unsight keeps going on. If not... I think there there are effective satirists these days who are actually funny and actually good at like pointing out uh good at satirizing things. Um maybe someday there'll be a, a new alternative uh publication like the realist out there. Um but for the time being satire isn't much and 
I don't know. I I I don't want Unpsyched to die. I think it's a I think it's a fun website, and there's a lot of you know, uh, a decade of of history on there. But um, if it keeps going the way it goes, with like this adherence to religious fundamentalism and like promoting people with terrible ideas, it is going to eventually just like collapse because it's it's not a sustainable system. Um. But yeah, not really any drama this week. I've got I've got a new album coming out on the twenty eighth. It's called Dial Up Delirium. It it consists of a uh, some original compositions I made on the Casio MT sixty eight. Some of the first songs I ever made on the Casio MT sixty eight. Comes out in two days. I'm really excited about that because I think it's a fun album. But uh, what else? I'm no comics in the works currently. Well, DivTap 2, obviously. That's been in the works a long time. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, should be fun. Uh, any other questions, sir? Any other, any other questions at the moment? Any thoughts? Any, uh, perspectives? I get misinterpreted a lot. This is the other example. Last week, Dingo was on, and uh, he was dis we're discussing video games. I pointed out that uh, I think video games are stupid, and he's, he misinterpreted that as thinking that I, I thought video games caused violence, which is absolutely something I don't think. I just think video games... I don't think video games make you violent. I just think video games make you stupid. And that's not as controversial an opinion. It's not really the kind of thing you can clickbait. But video games can make you stupid. And I like I don't know how someone could sit in front of Halo for like seven hours. That would just rot my brain completely. Uh, seven hours of a video game. Ironically, you know, everyone says Gen Z has a terrible attention span. When it comes to video games, we seem pretty damn good at sitting in front of Halo for like seven hours. You can't do that for a movie, two-hour movie. You can sit in front of Halo for like seven hours. I think in general, video games just make people stupid. I have a uh, album out soon that like takes a piss all over gaming. There's a lot of cringe in gaming, like that uh, song Game Over by Falling in Reverse. Just a terrible, ache-inducing, nauseating song. So... I am to kind of, you know, uh, be countercultural and kind of go against the grain by taking a, a massive dump on gaming as an industry and, like, shit on gaming um, and essentially make the answer to that Falling in Reverse song um, that uh, is very uh, against gaming and is like, gaming is fucking stupid. But that's a while, that's a ways off. For the time being, it's uh, just going to be dial-up delirium on the 28th. That's when that drops. And it's twelve songs. They're all pretty good. They're all pretty well, not really catchy. They're 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 compositions. So it's more like a more like a a, a classical piece, like an you know, kind of like a Night at the Opera by uh, by Queen. That it it's more uh, it's more about structure than than commercial appeal. But definitely check out the Realist if you want good ideas about how to how to create like competent satire that's a that's a it was a revolutionary publication and uh, 
arguably more so than the onion because it really invented that type format and it definitely shouldn't be like overlooked all too often like effective satire is overlooked i think but in general i i think uh i think unsight could could live on i don't know and its future is kind of uncertain but Anyway, if you came here for drama, there really is no drama unless uh, unless someone very controversial and divisive like Woe is on. But I don't know. Maybe I'll like maybe I'll give him until like next summer and see if he's changed by then. Yeah, like a six month six month ban from here on the Nick Comic server, and that didn't change him at all. He was still like, like exactly the same. So I don't know. Give him time to like simmer and maybe learn something, but I, I I legitimately don't know if he's capable of that. I don't know if he's capable of expanding his perspective to the point where he might consider that other people think differently than him. That's that that might just be outside of his grasp. We'll give him to like July or something. Um, I'm really looking forward to 2020, 2023. Oh yeah, there's the last Q and A of 2022. So happy New Year, happy flipping New Year. That's always exciting for me as a mail order cartoonist, since I run things according to like a schedule and calendar. So whenever the New Year rolls around, I think about how productive the next year is going to be, how much shit is going to happen. Like I said, I plan on doing around like three live shows, um, at least around the Denver area. Uh, live music is fun. Live music is a is a worthy pursuit. It depends on how much I get paid, but man, I'm sick of it. just like getting shit on for. Oh, you don't make you make below the minimum wage. Oh, you you don't make enough money. Oh, your salary is low. I don't really get how poor shaming is still a thing in 2022. I thought that kind of went out of fashion, but I guess it it's made some kind of resurgence. It's like shitting on people for their income. Um, not the most fashionable look, certainly, but. These are strange times, and it does seem like there's kind of a neocon weird resurgence of just like terrible ideas making a comeback. Um, I've noticed a lot of pro monarchism in particular, which is weird. Um, in 2022, a lot of people are pro monarchists. A lot of people are like pro, pro fundamentalism. It's it's a strange trend, and I don't I absolutely do not get it, but. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I said, tend to just, like, misinterpret me. Um, I don't think it's my autism. I think people, some people are just bad at, at uh, like, absorbing ideas. But, but the, as long as Unpsych has this weird, uh, misinformed idea that I'm, like, the next Chris Chan, or that I'm a big lol cow, or that I'm, like, mentally ill, like, the longer... It's just going to look like a big, massive circus, like a big, like, s stupid disinformation campaign. I, 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 I don't get it. Like, um, anyone who's ever tried to use me as, like, a lol cow has been sorely disappointed because I just call them, like, stupid or whatever, and they're like, oh, Chris Chan wouldn't call me that. Problem with Chris Chan, and most people don't get this, it's not it's not Christian's uh it's not Christian's autism. Sociopathy. Right? It's the sociopathy 
and Chris Chan was also a grifter. Chris Chan knew exactly that the comics were shit, that they weren't worth buying, and that people bought them only as a joke. Chris Chan knew that. But kept they kept selling because like just without integrity. There's no integrity to that. I think Chris Chan was fully aware of how terrible comic you might not think self-awareness was, was Chris Chan's wheelhouse, but that's the genius of it. Chris Chan was able to game the fucking system with a bunch of people like Kip and, and whoa, you know, and everyone on Unsyke who's just like, oh, oh, this funny, stupid person doing funny, stupid things. But you're the one getting taken advantage of. You're the one shelling out money, crap, and you're the one, like, actively supporting the notoriety of this complete sociopath right that's what that's what it is it's it's a it it local culture in general local culture sees itself as like the 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 epic you know badasses of the internet like everyone on kiwi farms thought oh wow we're so fucking cool we're so awesome Oh man, we're we're the coolest shit. We're so great, you know. We're better than everyone. But Kiwi Farms got pwned. Kiwi Farms is erased from the internet because they they got completely pwned at the end. And I think like I think local culture is stupid. But oh, see, Chris Chan did have self awareness in that uh, the comics were sold. Chris Chan made a shit ton of money off those ass comics that were just terrible. And didn't care about painting everyone with autism as, as like, awful. Giving autism a horrible name for the remainder of the internet. It didn't care about, you know, assaulting mother. Like, there's no there there is self-awareness in that Chris Chan recognized exactly what was going on, exactly what was happening. It might not be apparent if you become absorbed in the Kiwi Chan or the you know Chris Chan mythos and like oh Chris Chan is this like legend of the internet. If you just look at it from a, an, an objective perspective, like from an outside perspective where you're not absorbed by it and you don't watch hours of Chris Chan documentaries, it's the tale of a of a grifter the story of an extremely self-aware grifter who knew exactly what was going on and masterminded uh, just an immense fan base off something that did not deserve an immense fan base because it was crap. And the fact that the fact that even now College Buddies is getting compared to Sonichu only by unsight. I mean, there's plenty of people who have actually read College Buddies at this point and recognize that it's way better than Sonichu. The fact that people, well, no, like, I, I, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a naive assessment of the situation. I think anyone who could make products that inferior but still game the system to make people that interested, make people that interested. In, in what they were doing as if like it, it's remotely interesting and to have people make two hour fucking 
like 10 hour documentaries that is the kind of like insane marketing strategy that i wish i had i'm not that good at marketing chris chan is a genius at at just like exposure people made 10 hour documentaries about nicholas comics that'd be like holy shit but nobody does that because i'm just not that good at marketing um i think chris chan is a genius at manipulating people on the internet that's only because Chris chan has been on the internet since like 2006 so if you were introduced to the internet during that time period you'd be extremely you know plugged in and know exactly how internet culture goes and know exactly how to manipulate it to your benefit um, but if you were, like, I, I, I just popped on the internet around, like, 20, I think, like, 2016, first time I was ever on the internet, so, I came in late, I came in late on the gold rush, where if you got in on early YouTube, if you started posting videos early on, you know, like, Smosh used to have, like, 1,000 subscribers, PewDiePie used to have 100, but you just stuck around, started in like you know 2009 but i started in like 2018 now the market is oversaturated so there's no way to game the system and get big in video but i think chris chan is not some kind of like clueless autistic uh overgrown child i think chris chan is a manipulative sociopath um and that's the that's why uh the, the chris chan's unappealing because it it's it's sociopathy it's not the autism um it's sociopathy i think i don't think you can just say oh it's, it's just autism um autism does not create uh, a personality that twisted it, it just can't it's sociopathy hands down and uh it master manipulation anywho uh, any parting comments? Like, I guarantee the longer Unsyke keeps seeing me as like the next Chris Chan, and uh, not the next Chris Chan, so that's not gonna that's not gonna work. It's it's pretty boring at this point. Um. Yeah, feel free to tell Kip anytime he wants on the on the Q and A. He's free to pop on, check it out. Eh. Well, I think I think part of I think a key facet of psychopathy is self awareness. I think most psychopaths are are self aware. Do agree that Christian has some form of sociopathy or psychopathy. With that said, I stand by my original statement that she has no self awareness. That, that's that's an interesting point. Um, anyway, I'm not the next Christian, so there's not drama per se on the Q and A. You listen to the last like five episodes. It's very basic uh, questions and answers because that's all I really hope to do. In fact, I'm sick of drama, and I hope it uh, to leave it in the past. My New Year's resolution is to engage in as little drama as possible here on the internet and be productive and make comics worth reading, so. Yeah, no fucking drama for 2023. I'm done with that shit. Um, but Q&A will go on, and uh, 
more videos as per usual on YouTube. More fun content. Dial up Delirium in two days. And that's about it for this week. Happy New Year. And if the only way to find it was to breach the lonely river. Do you want to be on the show? Join the Nicholas Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have. You can appear in the next episode. If you want to buy Nicholas Comics, write to Nicholas King, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode. Dommy's dying candy for weeks. Would you really be as great as all? Get out if the boxes were painted to you.